Coming to you live from the JRE Tobacco Aladino Mobile Studios, it's the Cigar Pulpit. everybody and welcome to another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm the Bishop of the Burn, Nick, and with me today we have Ken Cleric of Ash and Ale in Palm Coast, Florida. How you doing, Ken? I'm doing fantastic. How are you today? I am great. And Ken is joining me from uh, Florida to give me his uh, thoughts, recap his, his perspective, and let's talk PCA because the PCA, PCA trade show just wrapped up the other day. And you were there. I was there. My body feels it right now, too. That was a, <laughs> that, that was a fun time in Vegas. So lot, we had a blast. A lot of after, uh, after party uh, activity taking place. There was. Unfortunately, I didn't go to any. I only went to one event with PCA. It was my wife and my uh, daughter's birthday. Oh, okay. So we spent a lot of time out there with them as well, doing different events at night. So the days were mine at PCA, and then the nights were theirs. There you go. That's good. Kind of mix the, the, the business and the pleasure a little bit there. Exactly. All right. Exactly. Well, before we get into all the fun of the trade show talk, let's fire up a cigar. And today we are smoking something that you sent to me. We are smoking a cigar from Didier Cigars. And this is the, uh, what is this? This is the Jill Collection. The Jill. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about this? I can try. Um, DDA is a micro boutique out of Miami that is a very, very high-end, hand-rolled, broadleaf, all-Nicaraguan cigar that's fantastic. Um, I was reading an article one day about the gentleman and his cigars, and I literally was opening my shop one morning a few days after I opened, and there he was standing outside my door walking around the market that's around our village every Sunday. And I went over and I introduced myself. He came in. I asked if he could just talk to me about his cigars. He went out and brought all of his product in, did a full sales pitch, and I wound up carrying his line, and now it's one of my better-selling lines. But it's a truly amazing, amazing line. Fantastic. Um, the one we're smoking today is a Maduro Habano, and it's uh, sourced for select areas in Nicaragua, and Esteli area region. Okay. But it's an amazing constructed cigar. Wait till you try the draw on this. And you're going to have to forgive me because I am not as good as you, but I know you're not as good as Gator as well uh, on the <laughs> retro hails, but I don't do those. So That's I'll right. watch you do them. <laughs> That's all right. You'll watch my head explode. That's all right. Um, so why don't we go ahead and get this guy cut and going here. And the official cutting is brought to you by Dan the Man Ponder over there at Riverman Cigar Company. Dan the Man Ponder, he's been putting in his PCA orders, uh, getting all kinds of fun stuff ordered and uh prepped and ready for the shelves and so guys you know aside from the fantastic selection he's already got be on the lookout for all kinds of new fun stuff rolling in at riverman cigar company and the thing is you're going to want a relationship with your brick and mortar retailer i'm sure ken you have your regular customers that uh you know they have their good relationship with you yes that is a, that's a very good point though the better the relationship the better quality products that you usually wind up getting so the more they know your name and the face the better it usually winds up for you. So it's one of those things, guys. If you don't have a brick-and-mortar shop, 
Dan does do mail order, so you can give him a call and uh, you can strike up a relationship that way. It can be a it can be a a, a long distance symbiotic relationship. relationship. Yeah, it all works out. You scratch my back, I'll scratch your back. There you go. So it's Riverman Cigar Company of Crestwood, Missouri, and with that, I'm going to go ahead and cut my cigar. So, Me too. There you go. So. Get this going. Now, Ken, it's been a hot minute since you and I chatted on the cast. How's things been going down there at Ash and Ale? Truthfully, it has been going fantastic. Um, the store has done extremely well. We are in our slow season or coming out of our slow season right now and hopefully building back up. But the store itself has done extremely well since taking over. I guess it's right at nine months ago now. Okay. So, which is hard to believe. Almost 10 months now that I'm thinking about it because I only have... August and then September 1st is my one year. So it's done really well and going very, very quickly. <laughs> interesting. I find it interesting that you're coming out of your slow season because this is the time of year that the whole rest of the country is, is you know, going crazy with cigars. And then the wintertime yep. is the slow season. But I guess that makes sense that Florida, summertime, when it's just stupid balls hot out, you guys would be slow when it's just too hot out. Whereas in the wintertime, exactly. you'd be doing all right. Yeah, because we have all the snowbirds that come down and come down here. So about two thirds of all of the Northeast yeah. is living in Florida for about five months. Interesting. That's <laughs> definitely not something I ever considered. Fascinating. All right. Um, well, on the cold draw on this uh, Didier, I get a uh, distinct kind of um, uh, sweetness to it. Kind of a mm-hmm. you know, a, not not a heavy raisiny sweetness, but there is a, a light you know kind of sweetness component to the tobacco flavor. I, I definitely agree. That raisin is prominent, almost goes into a fig. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, and then it has a little bit of that sweetness that comes through just from the natural of the nature of the, the wrapper that we're using. And then that's a, to me, it has a little bit of a leathery and a good smoky flavor. Yeah, yeah. So kind of a, a nice uh, smoked raisin. Yes. I like it. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, I'm firing mine up. If you insist. I want to have a cigar today. So let's fire these up and let's talk PCA because I I have been on the phone talking with uh, all sorts of uh, friends that are retailers, manufacturers, reps, brokers, just whoever, trying to get my uh, my, uh, collect a, uh, a general feel of the show because You know, unfortunately, I just, you know, for a lot of different reasons, wasn't able to make it this year. And so it was one of those things where um, I'll admit I had a really bad case of FOMO going all weekend long, looking at everybody's Instagram and Facebook posts and seeing all the fun. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things I wanted to try and collect as much information from others as I could. But, you know, you had reached out and I figured, you know, I need somebody to talk to about this. So who better than to get... uh, Ken on and, and have a retailer perspective, but um, and a, a first time retailer perspective as well. So oh, that's even it's a, better. It's a, yeah, it's a double uniqueness. Okay. Ah, <laughs> uh. sorry, had to finish my lighting there. I got to talking too much. Yow! Uh, careful. My, that was my thumb. <laughs> May have just. Ooh, that was good. <laughs> Lost a little bit of my fingerprint there, but that's all right. Yeah. You know? I know. I use one of these, mm. and this these bad boys will definitely hurt you. So. I figure, you know what? It's good to lose a little bit every once in a while to throw the feds off. 
There you go. That way it's never quite exactly the same. <laughs> um, anyway, um, so, uh, uh, all right. So this is your first time, you know, at PCA because obviously you just you just purchased it. Now let, let's give real quick. I know yeah. you've been on the show before, but let's give new listeners a brief introduction. You purchased Ash and Ale when? September 1st last year. It was okay. Previously the Humidor. It's in European Village in Palm Coast, Florida, just a little area just between St. Augustine and Daytona. We're about two miles from the beach, and we have a just a small footprint. We have about a thousand square feet, but we're in a little area called, as I said, European Village. We've got assorted. Re- we have eight different restaurants. We've got shops. It's in the middle of a what used to be a hotel, now a apartment complex, and it's just like almost a destination within itself. Every weekend we do live music. The store itself every Tuesday night and every other Thursday we do live music. So we have a lot going on and have a, just a great time and have an amazing uh, collection of locals and members and just support us fantastically. And then our foot business uh, for tourism has just been it's been picking up and gaining speed. So we've been very blessed. Good, 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 good. So obviously this is your first PCA as a retailer. And, um, so going out there, what were your, what were your thoughts? What were your, um, preconceived ideas about the show? And then when you got there, did, did your preconceived notion match up with reality? Well, most of my preconceived notions came from listening to your show last year from, uh, when you guys were there, was yeah. it? No, we didn't year? go to PCA. We, we TPE. went TPE. Yeah. TPE, just from going to, for you going to TPE, excuse yeah, me. Yeah. I just was basing things on that because I had never done a cigar show. So yeah. I was trying to figure out from listening to your show and then when you guys were there and then putting what I was expecting because my whole background hospitality and going to food shows and things like that my whole life, I wanted to see how close they would be. Um, and truthfully, they are fairly similar. Um, what I wasn't expecting was the grandness of how big the facility the amount of reps, yeah. vendors, displays, and everything that they were going to be. And I will say this. As somebody who's been to TPE but never been to PCA, uh, I've talked with people who go to both, and they say that TPE is nothing in comparison. That PCA, well, the booths are just so much bigger, and it's just such a bigger, grander event. So, so you went to the bigger one of the two. Yeah. That's what my understanding was talking to the people that are there. Mm-hmm. I mean, just looking at the Padron booth, the Adebay, Byron, Alfonso, and United yeah. was amazing. Um, going to seeing Trey Mack and Aladino and Terrence and Agonorsa's booth, it was it, it was it was impressive. And getting to see all the guys that you talk about and that you know and meet them and all of that. Yeah. Trent over at Luciano and things like that was amazing. So And you got to meet Renee from Villiger. I did meet Renee with Villiger. I actually spent quite a bit of time over at Villiger with my rep Hector, who's been he and I have just been together. He's been part of my shop since the very beginning. So it was very nice being able to sit there, meet Renee and try their new cigars. Did you try the eighteen eighty eight? I did. I have actually, I have one or two of them sitting here now. I tried the, um, gosh, I have a few of their cigars right now that I want. I'm looking forward to trying the new Miami. Yeah. Which is, is not a Lancero. It's more like a Toro size. I've got one of those inside the house that at some point I'm going to fire up. 
Well, I'm looking forward to that. I've got, I, I don't think, I don't know if I have one or two, and then I've got a bunch of other products from them. So just looking forward to their new uh, products that have come out. The Miami Lancero that they had out did a fantastic job for me. I went through, gosh, I think I ordered eight to 10 boxes and they were off the shelf. I have one left. Oh, wow. I have one cigar left, not one box. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> yeah. So it's, it was a heck of a good mover for me. Um, yeah. I'm upset that the Exclusivo 2022 is gone because I truly love that cigar. Mm. That and uh, that uh, the Nicaragua is a very, very nice smoke as well. Yeah, that de Nicaragua is really good. Although I will say that 1888 uh, Nicaragua, uh, yeah. I really did enjoy that, smoking that with uh, Renee on the show. And um, I'm hoping... Uh, I think that I don't think that's a limited thing. I'm pretty sure that was just a new core, uh, like line edition of theirs. Yeah, I think you're correct. That's going to become uh, a new line. It's yeah. So like, uh, I that's great. I mean, it's it's a fantastic smoke, and I think that's wonderful that it's going to be available, you know, regularly. Have you now? I don't. You're probably not a TAA store. I am not. Unfortunately, there's not many of them across the country. And yeah. from my understanding, my parameters of where I live in with my small footprint and yeah. my dollar volume, I can never be one, unfortunately. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but I think I think I got handed a hidden one of those TAA from last year that I am thinking I might have to try this evening on the dock. Oh, OK. Uh. OK. All <laughs> right. Because I fired up uh, the TAA from this year. Uh, on the last episode that I did, um, the one prior to this one, and uh, holy cow, that one, uh, the uh, Villiger partnered with Agonorsa Leaf yes. to produce that one, and whoo, it's a good cigar. Good I cigar. am looking forward to it. I've got it sitting, hidden away. Well, I only came back with a few cigars from PCA, so I don't know. I only, I think I really? counted 100, yeah, only about 160. Oh, oh okay, only oh. a few. I thought, okay, oh. so the sarcasm is heavy and dripping there. Yes. Okay. I was yes, gonna say, very, very, it's just like the humidity here. <laughs> and here, too. I was like, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, how did you come back from PCA as a retailer with only a few? I'm like, you weren't doing your due diligence, but. <laughs> just to give you a sense this is the bag i have to carry them in oh i love it i love it <laughs> i love it no i'll tell you that first year i went out to P, uh, tpe uh which was 2020 i came back with a small duffel bag just jammed full of cigars and um you know for a variety of reasons i think they they cut back on the amount of samples that they were giving out uh in pre, uh, you know uh, shows after that one um, be it uh, supply chain issues and, you know, fewer rollers so they don't have as many just right. cigars to give away to anybody and everything like that. But, uh, you know, but, yeah, my sam my my personal samples uh, have been, been smaller in uh, subsequent years than 2020. Yeah. But 2020 was a good high-water mark, man. So, but it, then again, <laughs> but see, here's the thing. I'm just media. You're retail. They want to give you samples because they figure if you smoke it, you'll enjoy it, and you'll put it in your shop. With me, yeah. I'm just a guy, you know? So, like... <laughs> Well, yeah. I think we need to partner up on this next one and uh, get us both going around. There so you go. You can introduce me to some people, and I can get you some more cigars. A little trick or treat action going <laughs> on. I like that idea. So uh, anyway, so all right, you get to Vegas, and first day uh, is that Friday, correct? It was Friday, July seventh. Yes. Now that was the kind of the unofficial first day. That was like pick up yeah. badges, and you know, then they had Friday, the yeah. party that night. Correct. They had the party that night. Um, I actually got in on Thursday. 
went down on Friday, got my badge, and then we went to the opening party where um, Espinosa and a few other um, aging room and a few other people were doing some cigar giveaways in the open bar. And apparently when I walked in, I wasn't sure what was going on. So I got, I was probably about number 1,250 in line. I heard it was a long line. <laughs> and so I'm standing in there and as I walk in the room, I just filtered into another line some way, shape or form. I was like, what are we in line for the bar? They go, no, to get cigars. I was like, okay. The process took an awful lot longer than we thought. It was a two hour welcome and greet. And I was in line for an hour and 25, an hour and 30 minutes. Yeah. But we were, yeah. And to finish the line was David Espinosa, or Eric Espinosa, excuse me, with Guy Fieri handing out um, knuckle sandwiches and taking photo ops. Oh, okay. So it, there was a reason. I didn't know what the reason was. And the uniqueness about that is I actually graduated with Guy Fieri from UNLV in 1990. <laughs> so when I went up there, which was so I was out there and I was like, hey, dude, don't I don't know if you remember me. but <laughs> And he didn't. So yeah. it was all good. <laughs> but I did give him that's a card funny. and ask him to come to the shop if he was ever in Florida again doing the show. Yeah, no, that's really cool. So like, you know, a couple of alumni stayed in there with Eric Espinosa. Yeah, it was it was actually very cool. That's neat. That's neat. Now, I your your experience sounds very similar to others that I had, had been told that. You know, it was about a two-hour uh, meet and greet, or uh, you know, pre-party, and yep. that uh, you stood in line for about ninety minutes of it, and uh, to get cigars. And um, I don't know. I you know, I've I've heard a few rumblings. I'm not going to repeat them here, but there were a, there were a few rumblings about that event. That uh, you know, whatever. But but you know, all in all, I mean, it sounds like it was a very well attended event. Um, it was. There was a lot more people than I anticipated. I didn't know what to expect for my first one. I yeah. didn't know how many people would show and things like that. Yeah. And it was, I was in line and I met some great people just standing in line. Being that I went there by myself, my daughter who works with us is at the shop, but she was at the show. She went to see Miranda Lambert that night with her mom and her uh, sister. Yeah. So I was there by myself. So I had to meet someone so I can get a drink while I was standing in line so I wouldn't lose my place in line. So. Ah. The guy standing right behind me is from a little town in Georgia called Valdosta, Georgia, where my wife has basically lived for for eight years when she was younger. So and our good friends who just moved down here are from Valdosta. So I started talking to him about his shop and then things in Valdosta. And then I was like, I got to go get a drink. He goes, would you get me one, too? Because I'm dying for one. So we partnered <laughs> up and we just kept walking back and forth and getting drinks. So it, well, it made it go. a lot more convenient. So Well, that's good. And it's nice that, you know, you, you had a connection to his neck of the woods so that you could, uh, you know, have that that connection between the two of you. That, that's really convenient. Exactly. Um, so then uh, let me ask you. So then the next day, uh, Saturday, yep. was the first day of the actual show. Did that crowd kind of translate to the show because i've been told um i was told by a number of people that it was kind of hard to pinpoint the size of the crowd at the show because while booths seemed to be kind of busy the aisleways were pretty empty it was a very good description they gave you because it was it was there was about the first hour of the show yeah first hour and a half two hours of the show there was business but other than that it did feel like it was kind of slow. And as the days went on, it even seemed slower and slower, but I don't think it was. I know a bunch of people did leave on 
gosh, I'm getting my days confused because of Vegas and being up all night most of the time. Um, on Monday, it yeah. did seem a lot slower than any of the other days. That makes sense. I heard a lot of retailers that were out there for the weekend, and then they bailed like either Sunday night or Monday morning to get back. And so then Monday and Tuesday were significantly slower than Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, definitely. A, they, they were not as busy, but it was a very hard conference to get a judge of how many people were there. Okay. Just by the, the lobby bar in the hotel at the Venetian where we were staying, you can tell that there were a boatload of people there because it was just always packed. Mm. So it was interesting to see because being able to gauge where all of, when you have Nick Perdomo and a bunch of people standing around in the lounge bar and everyone wanting to go up and meet and talk and visit and all of that. Yeah. It got so crowded in there that it was almost hard to get a drink, which is yeah. unusual in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. Um, and I'm sure you could tell that they were all with PCA because if it's like any other trade show on earth, Everybody is still wearing their neck badge. Like, oh, yeah. I, I never understood that. It's like nothing says, hey, local robber, come and steal my wallet. Like, I'm wearing a <laughs> neck badge that says I'm from the middle of freaking Indiana or something like that. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, there's a lo- uh, tourist. Let's roll him. You know, I just. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> which then, which but, bring, which brings me to my uh, one point that I did want to bring up. On the first day, it was announced that PCA 2025, so not next year, but the year after, is going to be held in New Orleans, correct? Uh, April the 11th through the 14th. 14th. And um, now I will say that brings up a very interesting, um, uh, <laughs> a very interesting point that I want to uh, give you a heads up on. And I guess uh, whoever uh, whoever ends up listening to this, um, you know, uh, oh. will also you hear. Gotta, I'm very sitting on the edge of my seat waiting for this. You're looking so intently at that. Yeah. So so let me let me point out PCA 2025 New Orleans, April 11th through the 14th. But you know what else is going on at the exact same time? Don't say the Baptist Confect. French Quarter Festival, which is the second oh. largest festival in New Orleans behind Mardi Gras. Last year, it brought in 875,000 people. And French Quarter Festival in 2025 will be held April 10th through the 13th. Oh, So I would recommend that anybody who wants to go to PCA in 2025, book your hotel now because you're probably fucked if you wait until the last minute. Oh, good Lord. Yep. Yep. Okay. I, I've got to reach. <laughs> well, this should be fun. I've mm-hmm. got to figure this out now because I'm, yeah, I've got to, because I'm going to miss next year's PCA because I've already got prior okay. engagements to go on a cruise. Yeah. Um, but I will be at TPE next year, but I was looking forward to going to New Orleans the following year. So uh-huh. I've got to figure this out. Yeah. I don't know if PCA realized that that was the case when they made that that uh, that booking, or maybe they've somehow or another partnered with. Uh, I, I I would hope that they've got some sort of hotel partnership that they plan on announcing, saying, "Hey, we've got a block of rooms reserved here and here." But uh, you know, manufacturers might be all right. But man, if you're a retailer, uh, you know, because there were a number the of retailers, there were a number of retailers who. So uh, about a week or two prior to the show, the show will send out a list of all the retailers that have signed up to the manufacturers 
saying, you know, hey, Ken from Ash and Ale, he's going to be at the show. And then that way those retailers can reach out or uh, manufacturers can reach out to you, set up appointments, things of that nature. And they kind of know who's coming, right? The emails that I received in the final week was tremendous. I bet. (laughs) But here's the thing. From talking with people that were at the show this year, there were a number of people who just decided at the last minute that they were going to go. And it was no big deal for them to make that decision because flights were available, hotels were available, things of that nature. If you have an, a, a festival going on at the same time that draws in nearly a million people, you're not going to have that kind of availability to just be flexible. The flexibility. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That flexibility is going to be very – all the spontaneity is going to be taken out of the totally event. Totally. Especially changing it for the third time in three years Precisely. on dates. Yes. So I, that, this is my little PSA to anybody listening – uh, if you are interested in PCA 2025, start looking into hotel rooms now because you might end up on the outside looking in um, if you wait because there's a big festival going on at the same time. And my suggestion, I was just in New Orleans for Mardi Gras. Yeah. Don't drive in. Mm. Just Uber. Because it took me two and a half hours just to get my car from our house that we were in. Yeah. A half a mile to the parking garage that i was parking in it took over two hours so do not drive if you don't have to yeah no that's a good tip too so anyway that was announced and i wanted to that was one thing that was definitely on my to-do list of uh things for this episode was to uh give that little public service announcement you know um but anyway so uh day one who'd you visit what were your thoughts Day one was an eye-opening experience. Walking into the room for the first time, you walk in and you come in through these six doors and there's Gurkha sitting right in front of you. They got the main booth right in front of the door. <laughs> and you're looking at it going, and it's literally like probably 70 feet long, 80 yeah. feet long by about 25, 30 feet deep. And it was already packed. So from that, you're just like, wow, <laughs> where do you go from here? Yeah. And then the, the conference hall, the convention center opens up and it just turns into this enormous, beautiful facility. Yeah. Um, my first day, I really didn't have any expectations. I didn't have any plans. I literally just wanted to walk and see the floor. Wander. I had a few appointments already booked. So I just went around prior to the appointments trying to get my lay of the land and see where things are. Um, watch how people were interacting since it was my first show. Um you can definitely tell the difference between walking into a booth as a small store as a, in reference to watching these guys who have 20, 15, 20 shops behind them, what they call whales in Vegas. Um, the the attendant level definitely goes up. So but, it's funny you mentioned that because that's something else that's, uh, you know, on my list of notes of things to mention that I was told, um, you know, at this at, at this year's show. Um, from what I was told from both retailers and some reps, uh, I was told that the theme of the show was the big boys helping the big boys. And what I mean by that is the big companies, um, you know, the, the, the large companies were given mega deals to the mega retailers. And that if you were a small, mid-sized to smaller retailer, you weren't qualifying for those deals. You know, well, it's, Purchasing points were pretty hard for a yeah. small store for like me to hit. A lot of them started at 10 or 15 boxes. Mm-hmm. And I have storage space for about 14 to 24 boxes in my store. And that's about it. Uh, so I literally order two and fours at a time. Yeah. And it makes it very difficult for me because first of all, I get 
because of the lack of storage, I get hit with a lot more transportation costs because of, you can't spread it out through as many products. Yeah. So my cost, I have to be careful of because I don't want to get robbed on. I'd love to buy big bulk, but I just don't have the ability and storage for it. No, that makes so sense. So it, it, it did seem that a lot of it was hard to do for a smaller store. Um, but I do understand why they were doing what they were doing because of production. And that way they also know what this show gives us such an idea of where their production is going to be for the, the year. Yeah. That it's, it's pretty interesting to watch the business aspect behind cigars is so much different than my previous life where it was in food and beverage, where it was a continual buy where people buy a lot now for cigars and then they can hold on to it. And food, I only had the ability to do that because everything had to be rotated so quickly. Yeah. So I bought when I bought if I if I were to commit to say if I were to go into say I'm going to use Terrence and Agonor, so I wanted to buy 400 boxes for the year. I could literally buy them at the show and get billed at five times in the year and have five different shipping points with food. Yeah. And cigars, they have to they bill all and send it all at the same time. And so for that purpose, yeah. it's, it's it's very difficult for the small purchaser. Um, I understand why they do it, but it still makes it a little more challenging for the smaller guy to get his foot in the door with the good deals. It does make an interest. You bring up an interesting point, and that's something that not every manufacturer is going to have the ability to to maybe work on something like that. You know, where they could offer a, a payment and deal st- a shipment structure like what you're talking about. But I would almost wonder if somebody like I don't know, like an Al McAuliffe with McAuliffe cigars. You know, he's 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 got you know he's he's a business guy. He's done a lot of other different businesses aside from cigars. Yep. You almost have to wonder if maybe that would be something that you know he might be able to to consider implementing with his in order to help out smaller shops like yours. So Dan Thompson, if you're listening, it might be something McAuliffe uh, Cigars wants to look into. But anyway, um, it would be a good trend to start within the industry. Yeah, because it would definitely help out a lot of people, and they would actually get a better purchasing product up front and know their usage throughout the year where they can plan it through the year if they can do it that way as well. Yeah. So, but I understand the business end of it. If I zip it, you don't have to think about it. And I understand that. So, yeah, no, that, that makes sense. Um, but what was cool though, there are some people that are doing specialty cigars that like, I, I'm going to use Trey Mac Aladino's coming out with a new cigar. Yeah. And the only way you're going to get it is if you ordered it at this show. That was the Dark Sumatra. That'll be coming out Correct. in October. Yeah. Yes. And I thought that was pretty clever. Everyone can order as many as they want. It ships in October. You don't get billed until October. Yeah. They already have the footprint of what I was talking about, bracing it out. If they can just expand on that and help people out a little bit more, I think that would be the trend where the, the industry would see a good helping hand to help smaller businesses as well. I think that would be good. The other thing that I've often, and I've talked to Dan Ponder over at Riverman about this, and, you know, he's brought this up, and you almost have to wonder, you know, what it would take. And I would think that it would almost have to be, I mean, you'd either have to have a group of retailers that really kind of are friends and know each other really well, or you'd almost have to have a localized group um, that could that could do this. But um, almost form like a co-op to where like let's say there were four other cigar shops around your size in Mm. you know maybe a a 50 square mile area of of florida there and you five shops sent one you know you kind of went over the deals before you went to vegas 
and you sent one representative to Vegas, and that representative bought, but collectively bought for those five shops, and then from there it's shipped to one location, and all, and the five of you kind of drive into that location, pick, pick out your stuff, and then go your ways to where you collectively could maybe get the buying power to get the deals that maybe one shop could never get, if that makes sense. It's- Makes a lot of sense. And it's actually something I talked about with two of the shops in my local area okay. doing in the future. I just so, don't know um, how that would work with uh, uh, licensing licensing and taxation and everything like that. In our area, I know in Florida that we can sell from shop to shop at wholesale pricing if mm. we wanted to. Okay. So here I know that we can do that. I don't know about other states and other licenses of being new to the industry and trying to learn more and more about it. Yeah, every I know there are got a lot different of rules. Yeah, rules. Yeah, and parameters and all of that. Um, even having I can't even have a warehouse because it has to be stored on property. So it, it's oh. things like that. So unless I, I was wondering, I was wondering about that actually with you because you were talking about how you didn't have storage, and I was thinking like, could you get like just a small bit of either warehouse space, like a corner in warehouse space or a storage unit or something like that, that you could like store. I could, I'd have to get a separate license for it just so they'd have to be able to come and and, and sample it and go and visit it and make sure that it's all locked and keyed and all done properly and all of that as well. So the answer is probably, yes, I could. Do I do it? No, because it's an extra headache and I'd have to go and pay rent somewhere else and make sure it's, the power's always on and all of that just to keep the humidification levels correct and all yeah. of that. Yeah. So I, know I guess it, the answer is yes, I could. It's just a matter of how much work do you, does someone want to put into having that purchasing power? Does it buy you enough to offset the cost of renting something else? Do I save that much more money or not? Yeah. I, you know, and that's the thing I think uh, doing it as a co-op, like, you know, like you were talking about and like I'm talking about, you know, it, it, it maybe it'll be able to get you the, you could go to like the 20 the 20 and 4 deals or something like that right. to where like you know collectively you guys buy 20 boxes and then maybe there's four extras that get kicked in so now you're all getting you know instead of getting five uh, five boxes a piece right. you're all getting six boxes a piece something like yep. that you know um so yeah it it would be one of those things where i just don't know yeah that you'd have to run the numbers on that but i yeah. but that could be something you know to look for but i don't know yeah definitely it oh. definitely can work. It would just be a matter of the logistics and figuring out the, the dollars and cents. As you said, if four people are working on it and sharing it, it that makes a lot more sense than just having one store doing it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the other thing, going back uh, real quick, um, we were talking about how the big boys were kind of uh, making deals with the larger retailers and that the deals were maybe a little less uh, little less friendly for the smaller ones. Um, what I heard from all of my conversation with everybody is that because of that um, by like day two of the show, um, what ended up happening is a lot of the smaller retailers were basically like, well, if I can't get really good deals with all the big companies, I'm going to take a look over here. And I heard that the boutiques and the smaller companies were just on fire. It seemed that way. And it definitely did. because I, That was one of the game plans for me. I like boutiques. Yeah. So my, my game plan was, I believe you've had these folks on the show before. Um, Big Sky. Yes. You, you yep. sampled one of their scars. Yeah. I went actually Big over Sky. to them and, and I've done, I just went and tried all of their, I have a sample of about five of their cigars to try. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about doing things like that, bringing in some more smaller boutiques that are very good. 
I did bring in one while I was at the show called Jake Wyatt. Okay. Yeah, I'm, and, I'm aware of Jake Wyatt, and I've uh, we've I, had those guys. We interviewed them at TPE. I don't know if we've actually had them on the show, but so yeah. but their product is excellent. I really really enjoy their cigars, and I did bring in three lines of theirs. Yeah. So uh, and I'm waiting for a delivery of those sometime this week or possibly into the beginning of the next week. I figured I'd give them a few days to get back and get their feet steadied after a show like that. Yeah, so. there are some companies like Perdomo where like you'll get your shipment while you're still at the show. Yeah, if you put it in early enough. But then there's mm-hmm. the, but the smaller guys, you know, they got to get back and they got to pack the boxes themselves sometimes. So yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. But meeting Nick and meeting Gerard from Jake Wyatt was fantastic. Spending time with them and having them go with the passion and explain their cigars, and I just. They, I knew I wanted their product before, but when I got there and met them, it was when I was like, okay, this is actually going to happen now. So it was very nice. Wow. Uh, speaking of nice, <laughs> I want to talk a little bit briefly about this, uh, the Didier, the uh, the Jill. Uh, I just did a retro hail, and man, that's where that Nicaraguan spice comes into play. Um, it, <laughs> it lingers, man. The pepper, it lingers in the nostrils. It's It's not really bad when you first do it like i didn't hack up a complete lung there um but uh it's one of those ones where man it it does it just hangs on it's just now starting to kind of like leave me but uh this cigar has been really really great um very you're right the draw on it's been wonderful the construction on it's been wonderful smoke Smoke production's been great i mean it's i'm really digging this cigar is this the first one you've tried? Yes, yes. This is the one that you sent me, and you know you're like, hey, you need to try this. And so yeah, this is the first one I've had. I'm I'm liking this. Yeah, um, yeah I I you know for somebody who's looking for a uh, my like a, a smaller boutique brand, but offers maybe like a uh, a luxury, a little bit higher end smoking experience. This is definitely one that I I would yeah. say a shop should consider. Yeah, this is a very nice cigar. Price points on these are a little pricier than yeah. most. These, uh, my average price with the DDA line, they range from twenty-three and go up to fifty. Oh wow! Per stick. So they have the Solomon, which is their brand new release for this year. That is an, a truly amazing cigar, but it price points right at the fifty-dollar mark, forty-seven to fifty. Yeah. Um, the the one we're smoking is twenty-six. Okay. So. Okay. Well, let me, yeah. let, let's talk about that for a moment, because that's something that um, coming into PCA seemed to be a thing. <laughs> you were getting attacked there, dude. I got my gun. I'm ready. <laughs> no, I've got the salt gun. I am ready. <laughs> All they need to do is land, and I'm taking one out, because it, it has been so bad lately. Um, for regular listeners of the show, you're aware that I have a very large bush on the side of my driveway um and uh it's it's overgrown as hell my landlord's been so neglectful of this of this uh piece of uh landscaping and um for the last i'd say two weeks or so the amount of flies coming out of that bush has been exponentially larger so i'm almost wondering if some unfortunate critter may not have uh met its end in there and i have something (laughs) that's like you know attracting flies because uh They've been very thick here under the uh, carport in the Jerry Tobacco Aladino Mobile Studios here lately. So uh, my landlord's going to be getting a text message here as soon as we're done uh, recording. Um, <laughs> anyway, ooh, there's one. Hang on. No, safety was on. 
There we go. All right, he's dead. Um, nice shot. <laughs> dude, I hit two with one shot the other day. I was so proud of myself. I felt like the, uh, what was it, the Brave Little Taylor, the Mickey Mouse cartoon, you know? It's like, <laughs> two with one blow, you know, and all that. Anyway, um, all right, so coming into the PCA, it seemed like uh, one of the things that was being talked about, and I know I talked about it briefly, but, um, you know, others had talked about it as well, is – Kind of the higher price point cigars. You had the $300 Oliva. You had the $100 um, Rocky Patel cigar coming out. You know, obviously, uh, Steve Saka with his Unicorn, you know, yep. $100 cigar. It seemed like there were a lot of high-dollar cigars being put out this year at PCA. What would you – I don't know if you talk to many people to know, but, like, um, I know what I've heard, but I want to get your perspective on it. Would you say that was a successful tactic, or do you think that maybe um, retailers were looking for more in the affordable price ranges? I think we go back to the kind of retailer that we are. Um, there are the big guys who, in this, depending, I, I obviously, it also is location, location, location. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that there was, I, I talked to a few of the folks in um, the South Florida who have a very, high-end inventory list that were extremely happy about that because they have the clientele that can support that. Yeah. But I also was talking to, as I said, I talked to the guy, Mike from Valdosta, Georgia, who was looking at and going, that doesn't help me because I don't have the people who can support that there. I can buy a box and it'll last me a year, year and a half because I'll only have 10 or 12 people who can come in and and buy that at this time. If you're lucky. Um, Yeah. Um, I'm in a situation where, if I brought in a hundred dollar cigar, I more than likely can turn it fairly quick because I do have a lot of high end tourists <clears throat> and regulars that are within my area that do look for those specialty cigars. Yeah. But I think in general, I think the high price ones, they have to be out there because there's a, there's definitely a market for them. And they're, once they come out, it doesn't make a difference. They're all going to be sold anyways, whoever has them because people will search and find them. Yeah. But it doesn't help the smaller the smaller stores because they're not going to get the ability to buy them because those are off of a tier project yeah. anyway. So you have to buy X amount before you can get to that. Yeah. So, so that's, that's the challenge I see with having products like that. If you can buy the 20, if you buy 20, you're eligible to buy one box of these hundred dollar ones. If you buy 50 of them, you can get five boxes of them, things like that. Yeah. So the, they are definitely meant for a specific market and you can see that they're trying to keep it within a specific market because they don't want to, for lack of a better word, pour themselves out Yeah, and go that, into more retailers that are not worthy of selling a hundred dollar cigar. That makes a lot of sense. Now, from what I was told, um, again, you know, I spoke with a number of, or a couple of retailers, manufacturers, reps, you know, I got to try to get a nice, uh, across the board kind of feel of this thing. And from what I was told, I do not believe that the uh, the expensive uh, Oliva and Rocky Patel cigars were too terribly successful for those companies. I think that, you know, they sold some, but I don't think that there was quite the demand. I, I, I don't think anybody sold out. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Again, I'm hearing rumor. Mm-hmm. You know how this goes. I'm kind of, you know, putting that caveat on it that I'm just mm-hmm. passing along hearsay here. But from what yeah. I heard... Um, you know, the, the drive and the demand was more for, you know, the, the cigars that, uh, but to your point, there are shops that are saying we need a higher dollar cigar. You know, we need something that costs a little bit more because, 
you know, look, not to get super political or anything like that, but my God, in a post-COVID world, we are definitely living in a world of haves and have-nots. And if you have, you are willing to spend, and the companies are more than willing to jack up the prices and and make it so that you uh, you know can spend whatever you're willing to spend. Um, exactly. And, you know, and that sort of thing. I mean, I was just talking with somebody the other day, and they said that the uh, uh, national average for the price of a new car, new car right now, is $45,000, and a used car is $27,000. I mean. Ridiculous. It is ridiculous. I mean, my God, you know. I mean, Who can I, afford? Yeah. I mean, I bought my car in 2019, and it was used, and it, granted, had 11,000 miles on it, so it was practically new, but I bought it for twenty two. You know, so I was close, but for that five thousand dollars makes a difference. And the average yeah. car payment is like seven hundred and something dollars a month. I mean, how do people afford it today with the, the young kids starting off and everything else? I mean, forget the young kids, just average middle people. class America. No, yeah, middle class America. Look, Ken, that's a that's a like you know <laughs> cry poor or anything like that. But if my car were to break down tomorrow, I would be one of those people saying. How do I manage to go out and get a new vehicle if I'm looking at a $700 a month car payment? I mean, I my, my rent is 800 a month for God's sakes, you know? So, yeah, yeah I mean, it's uh it's an interesting world we live in and so uh, that I guess that's my point is coming back to the point of cigars, I was curious to know you know, kind of how the crowd was going to react to that, but you bring up a valid point that I guess it really does depend on the shop and the clientele. Yeah, it, it, you can definitely tell just talking to it, the people that I talked to, I talked to, I would imagine all ranges of the business class that was there from very small shop owners like myself, having one store standalone by themselves and all the way up to people like Smoke In down in West Palm, yeah. who has a corporate company that has four stores plus one or two or three um, people who license out their name. Um and the purchasing powers that they have, it's it, it's totally different. So, and those guys look for that kind of stuff because, as I said, <clears throat> they live in the world where Trump is, Tiger Woods, and things like that are all down there, and they have standing orders that are huge. Yeah. And these guys want the best of the best because they want to have to set up all six of their houses or their boats and their houses and things like that, so they can move the product. So a gold label, you know, Oliva is going to be no big deal. Yeah. Right. And that, as I said earlier, I have that $50 uh, DDA here. Yeah. It was the first box I got on his new line that was just uh, delivered about two and a half months ago. Yeah. All new packaging and everything. It was the first box of mine that sold out. Okay. So, I mean, people are interested in that. I do have the clientele and there are going to be every, every store should have a few people that are going to do it, but to get a box of, I have to buy them in boxes of 20. So it gets costly that's an expensive buy right yeah it's an it's an investment so you you have to make sure you market it and you can't just have people walking around your store and just let them pick what they want you have to become a true salesperson find out what they're looking for what the occasion is if they have the money to spend it you don't you show it to them if they don't you can't because that'll just scare them away from everything else because they're going to think everything's that price precisely uh out of curiosity what is the most expensive cigar you've got in your place Actually, the one I just told you is the most okay. expensive one. The okay. $47 is where my price point goes to. Yeah. I would love to have the unicorn. I would love to have a few of a few of the other higher ones. Do I need them? No. People don't know DDA, but when people are looking to spend money on a good cigar and you know the product and you 
believe in the product like I do, yeah, it's an easy sell for me to sell that product. And you know, a nice story goes a long way as well. Exactly. You know? so, and yeah. I, I carry, yeah, I carry the Padrones line. So I've got the 80th anniversary, the little hammer. I've got the number ones. I've got okay. the the number nine. So I do have a good selection all the way up through that price point. So that's good. That's good. I've got yeah. So so okay. So um, moving forward throughout the show, you were there all four days. I well, I didn't go out on Tuesday, unfortunately, but okay. I was there all the other days. Yes. Okay. So um, let's let's kind of go through your you know kind of looking bigger picture. What were some of the uh, products that stood out to you? What were do you, were there some cigars uh, that were announced or some of the products that stood out to you that that were highlighted that you you were really into? Um, yeah, actually, I think the the biggest one that was for for me the most interesting was El Septima. Okay. I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but Talking about making a bang at a show, their booth and their presentation and everything was second to none. And let's be honest, now we're talking more big dollar price. stuff again. Yeah. yeah. They've got cigars that, I mean, average price, I think, is 40, 40 to $50 on their cigars. I yeah. know they started 18, but they also go up to 300. Yeah. If I, if I heard that correctly. So, and they have their own cognac, they have everything. And the folks who own the company and run the company, are fantastic. I've got to meet them. This is the second time I got to meet them. Okay. And they they do an amazing job. Um, but it is a tougher product for someone like me to carry because I have to bring in a I have to bring in a fairly good sized uh, order with them. And then to keep product moving in that way, it's it's difficult for a product at that, that, that cost. For sure. But talking about a quality product, it's a it's a fantastic packaging and fantastic smoke. And going back to your point about needing to be a salesman, because they are not a brand like a Padron or, um, you know, even an Olivia or, or Rocky Patel that has a right. name, you know, an established name behind them. You know, you not only have to tell somebody, hey, um, this is a really great product for this price point. You also need to educate them about the brand oh. as well. Correct. So, so the, the, the investment in time on your sales is going to be a little longer. And again, for a place like my size, there's usually one of us working at a time. There's very rare that I have two people in the store, except for on a Friday or Saturday night, possibly. Yeah. Or Sunday day, which is one of my busiest days. Um, so it becomes, is it a balance between time and selling or taking care of all of the customers? Because we do a hands-on approach to everyone. Anyone who walks in here gets greeted, asks three questions, showed them around very few people come into my store where they just come in and just walk around. If they're not touched within the first few seconds, then we haven't done our job. Okay. Um, so interesting. So then, um, uh, what else other than El Septimo caught your eye? Um, um, uh, Luciano was a great presentation. Yeah. They did a fantastic job. Um, Gosh, everyone, uh, Fuentes' display there was second to none. Now, they shared uh, space with J.C. Newman this year, correct? Correct. Yep. Yeah. And they I know, did. And I know Newman, uh, they announced that new cigar that they're doing uh, with that artist. Hang on. I can. Uh, yes. Um, I should have uh, had that. Um, they're also, they also did a collaboration with someone that you did do on your show, uh, Karen Berger. Oh, did they? So they've done a collaboration that's being released this week as well. So I'm getting that in the shop here. 
Uh, it's uh, J.C. Newman celebrates uh, famed artist Leroy Neiman. I guess they're Leroy doing a, Neiman. Yeah, yeah, they're doing a special cigar for Leroy Neiman. Yeah, um, so that's pretty cool. So, um, but that booth was crazy. I mean, talking about hardly being able to get into the booth. They had coffee station on one side, a drink station on another side. They had the whole center part was show, uh, displaying their Opus line and all of their for sale products humidors lighter everything mm -hmm. but drone did a fantastic job their booth was huge um and they did the, they showed the collaboration between them and um Fine i just lost two thank you yes so that was a beautiful display um were they taking again, orders on that this year or not i couldn't even get a salesperson to talk to me ah, because they were okay. all busy when i went in so okay. and then going back later on in the show it just for me, I didn't want to waste time because there were so many people talking. If I wasn't going to purchase something, I didn't want to waste the salesperson's that time That's because fair. I know how important these shows are. That's fair. Um, uh, it was it was impressive to see that box, though. I would love to be able to get one. They, I think they made a, a, a run of 50,000 of them, and they had a box 49,562 was sitting there. Okay. And it, it was absolutely beautiful. But again, would I be able to sell something at that cost in my store? I don't think so. Yeah, so, I, well, you never know though. I, Those the that's the, a good point. The, the you have two very well known brands partnering up on that thing, so you're going to get the Padron fanboys and right. the Fuente fanboys both interested in that. And that yeah. one, just due to the partnership alone, um, you may not have much in the way of sales responsibility on that. That may sell itself. I think I think you're right because everyone across the country. I've actually had phone calls because I uh, I carry thirty some odd facings of Padron. Okay, and uh, I don't carry any of Fuente though because I just can't. Bring, I, the ones that my folks want, I I would the tears to get there. I just I would never be able to sell through here. Well, and so, you, and more than likely, it's one of those things you'd have to buy all the core line stuff and everything correct. in order to then qualify to get to the Opus stuff yeah. and. Yeah. It would take a quarter of my shelf space just to get in the, the base product before I can even get to the top tier, which, again, goes on dollar volume, and I don't I just don't push enough dollar volume. No, that makes perfect sense. Um, so I did see that Perdomo announced their uh, 30th anniversary. 30th anniversary. Yep. It, it, it was a beautiful cigar. Actually, the last night on Monday, what, yeah, Monday night, I was sitting there talking to one of my reps at the lounge bar. And Nick Perdomo was standing with us and Michael Hertzclaw and all of that. Mm -hmm. So I didn't, unfortunately, did not get to say hello to Michael. I did say hello to Nick. Um, I didn't realize it was Michael until afterwards. And I was like, the one person I want, came to the show to meet was Michael. And ah. he's like, if you would have told us he was standing right next to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, damn. Um. Yeah, his, his back was to me, so I couldn't see his lanyard. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. You just got to look for the best dressed guy in the place. And he definitely was. <laughs> he, he definitely I'm was. I'm telling you, Michael Herklaus, he, he, he looks like he stepped out of a GQ magazine every time you see him. It's amazing. I did listen to him talk, and I kind of thought maybe that was him, but I wasn't sure, so I didn't push the point. Yeah. But I, I was in a very unique circle of people. I was meeting with. I was standing with Jeff Grover, who was my rep for Aganorsa, yeah. and he does my Oscar, the Island Gym line. And he does a lot of my uh, my accessories. And he brought me in to meet the guys from Smoke Inn down in West Palm. And then they were all standing with everybody else. So I, I was brought into the circle. So I was sitting there and I did a lot of listening because, again, being new in the industry, I wanted to figure out who was who. I recognized Nick instantly. 
but I did not, re- I, because of where the angle on Mike, I could not see his face very yeah. well. And then when he walked away and Nick walked away to get into another meeting, but Nick had a box of the 30th anniversary with him and was just handing them out to people. It was very nice to see. And he was so personable and everything. Good, 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 good. Um, anything else that caught your eye that you want to highlight and promote? Um, it was really interesting seeing a lot of these boutiques, how they were dealing with folks and all of that, because th- I could see as a small business person myself and being in business for a while, the passion and the love these folks truly have for. <laughs> there we go. He was right on the edge of my iPad. <laughs> trying, to the not love sh- they have. trying to not shoot the camera, you know? <laughs> Yeah, and their personalities going to people and trying to sell their product just to get people to see what they have because they know they have a quality product. So it was really nice to see. There was, like, I don't know if you know GTO Cigars. No. It's a doctor out of, I want to say Oregon, but I'm not positive, who started a line of cigars that are very nice. I actually, I've I've got a few here. I'll actually send you one so you can try it. Oh, perfect. And I've got a few other samples here. Um, the one of the things that I I went for the show for is that I really have a lot of veterans and military and re, uh, uh, first responders that come to my shop. Yeah. And my goal was to find one or two lines of their products or veteran-owned or military-owned or police-owned products to bring into the shop just to help represent yeah. and to support. And that was one of my focuses. So I spent a lot of time with those folks. And the love and the product that they have is really, truly amazing. I don't know if you found so, it, but uh, Warfighter Cigars. Uh, you mean this one? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Those are good, man. Those are good. Yeah, I've, they're, they're, I've got them. I've got another company called BAMD Okay, that was a very nice product. Um, there were several others that I have in here that off the top of my head, I just can't remember the name, but I do have several others. Um, but there was a lot bigger showing than I thought. I thought I'd only have one or two to see, but there was probably five or six different vet-owned pro- uh, products that were excellent. I'll tell you, um, so Los Kaidos cigars, uh, Steve uh, Zang- Zangle, I think. Um, yeah, he passed away earlier this year. That would have been a great one. I don't, and to be honest, and this is me showing my ignorance, I don't know what happened to the brand after he passed away in April. Um, he was such a one-man show that it's very possible that that company went away with him, which would be really unfortunate because, um, you know, if you go back, oh, I think it would have been sometime in May, May or early June that I did that. I, I re, uh, replayed the interview that, that we did with him back in 2020 um, where he talks about the line and everything. And uh, he, he, would, uh, he had two cigar. It was one cigar it was one blend but he had a blue, a blue band on one and a red band on the other and anytime there was a sale uh of of one of the cigars money would be donated to uh the families of of uh fallen police or fire and there you know, so that several folks are doing that yeah that's good that's good yeah it, it, it's nice to see that people are out there trying to help and be responsible for brother i guess it is because they are brothers when they work in that same industry they're they're family so for sure it, it's very nice of these guys to work together to help because they they see and they go through all of the stuff that we hear about day to day about the suicides and the, the people who are not getting help and all of that so it is great to see yeah yeah 
Well, very good. Well, I'm glad that so so overall, overall impressions of the show, you had a fun time? Oh my god, it was fantastic. Yes. Um overwhelming at first. And then on day two, when I was able just to go through and just enjoy and go to the different booths and interact, awesome. The people that you meet, the camaraderie, and just to see how small a world that we really do work in. Yeah. And the the true love of everybody in this industry with the product, meeting other people and the camaraderie, just sitting down and being able not to know anyone has come up to the bar and there's an empty seat. You mind if I sit here? Please, you need a cigar? Everyone's offering cigar. It's truly amazing. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. I love to hear that. And uh, I'm looking forward to making my way out there for next year's show in uh, late March because, uh, um, like I said, uh, my, my my FOMO was off the charts this weekend. So, um, it, you know, I'll make, I'll make sure it happens next year. My suggestion to you, if you're going to do that, make a good appointment times because there was a lot of media there trying to get in with people. Yeah. So... And I was like, oh, I wish you guys were here because it would have been just real fun to just sit and watch you guys doing what you did like a TPE last year mm-hmm. just to watch that interaction. So, I mean, just watching that. Sh- I actually re-listened to that show just so I can go up to certain people and say, hey, with this conversation you had, I'm interested in this product. So yeah. for me, that was that was a very big benefit. So perfect. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that, you know, the uh, the show is actually productive for you as well, that we were able to, you know help out in such a way and give you something to, to look forward to. Definitely. You guys definitely put me on the right path on seeing who to talk to. And then it was funny because of this show, people who listen to your show, I met several of the, the viewers and listeners yeah. who came up and said, Hey, I know him. I've, I, I've heard you. I've seen you <laughs> and things like that. So it was kind of interesting. So interesting. Yeah. Well, Being good. in the industry only a year. So uh, it, people coming up to me was not something that I was expecting to see or have. <laughs> there you go. All and right. The, the best one, the best one was though, with was Renee. When I walked up to say hello to Hector, yeah. All of a sudden, I see this guy running towards me. I was like, "Who's running at me?" And Renee <laughs> goes, "I was told I have to say hello to you." <laughs> <laughs> well, you mentioned to me that you were going by the Villager booth, so I sent Renee a message. I'm like, "Hey, you got to look for Ken from uh, Ash and Ale," and he's like, "Okay, we'll do." So that's so, great. I'm, I love it. Was very that. nice. Uh, on the last day, I believe it was on Monday, they had the folks from Switzerland in. So it was, oh. he was very busy. So I got to say hello for a minute, but I spent some time with Hector and got an order in and all of that. So it was very nice. That's great. Love to hear that. Love to hear that. Well, why don't we now go ahead and jump into the One Must Go? Uh oh. We all need to live united, but One Must Go. Brought to you by United Cigars, makers of La Giana Havana, Abuelo, Red Anchor, Firecracker, and of course, United Cigars. Distributors of Jose Dominguez, Garofalo, Montoza, and Terranova, and the highly acclaimed Atabay, Byron, and Bandolero. Buy United, Smoke United, Live United, United Cigars. I thought about blasting one that was landing on my arm, but I quickly realized that that probably was going to result in me uh, hurting myself. So I'm going (laughs) to not. Um, So, okay, so it's time for the one must go. And I've got one that's, uh, I, looking at it, I think it's going to be difficult. Um, So we're going to, we're going to get into this. So one must go. Touch, sight, hearing, or taste. Wow. I know, right? Okay. Well, since before COVID, I had a very good sense of smell and taste. Yeah. But once I had COVID, I lost 
90% of my smell and about 85% of my taste. So that for me has been tremendously difficult. Has it come <laughs> I back? I was a foodie. I'm getting it back very slowly and it's now two and a half years since, uh, yeah, two and a half years since I've had it. Oh, and I've, I'd say I'm, I've only got about 10% of my taste back and less than, ooh, probably I'm a, probably about 15, maybe 20% of my smell back. Oh man! So those are still very difficult because I was—I'm a foodie. That's my whole background is food and beverage and everything. So yeah. for me, that's tremendously difficult. But I'm not sure that is a tough one. It huh. is a touch one, or a tough one. Because uh. I'm sorry, I was—I was, I was looking down at the card and I saw touch is the first one there. It is a tough one because uh, you know, like, um, you know, touch. I mean, my God, you—you you process so much, just so much through through just touching something. But um, I. This site, though, is going to be a tough one because at the show that I was watching people who were blind or on the verge of being with walkers and having people guide them. Yeah, that would be an extremely difficult one with the amount of obstacles that are just placed in our way that you just don't realize. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of the shows that I've gone to in the past are perfectly straight lines and all 90 degrees. And you can almost deal with that. Yeah. But this show, you literally would walk and I'm on aisle 1300. And you walk 200 feet, and then all of a sudden it just stops, and there's a boot there. You're like, hold on a second. <laughs> so, for for people who are in an uh, impaired situation, that would make it extremely difficult, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, so I can see there's a. I don't know if there's a good answer to that because. Oh no! This is definitely yeah. one of those like you're losing one way or the other here. Well, yeah, there. This is, and I feel bad for the people who have these challenges already in life once i lost the sense of taste and smell for me it was it was it was horrible i didn't enjoy eating i didn't enjoy doing anything really that had to use those senses because i just felt like i was missing out on something yeah so that is a good one um i mean my hearing, my, I, my eyesight's not great and uh you know i've thought about uh you know lasik and let's be real lasik's not gonna cure me sure. um but it might at least help me a little bit, but I'll be honest, I'm paranoid because I'm thinking like, look, my eyesight's not great, but at least now I can correct it with lenses. Whereas like if right. I go and, you know, when I have a bad day, I mistype a headline in the, in the newspaper and right. have a typo for a week, you know, guy doing LASIK has a bad day. I'm blind, you know? So like, right. I really, I really don't want, you know, that to go down. So yeah. um, I'm with you because I've had 2010 vision my whole life. And at, once I hit 50, I'm down to, I have 2010, but I can't read numbers or letters anymore yeah. at all. So I have to wear cheaters. And for me, that's been, that's been a challenge just to remember to carry the cheaters so I can read a menu yeah. to read an inventory list, anything like that. So they all have their, obviously their downfalls, but if I think I had to pick one, I think it would have to be taste oh. and, and things because I don't know if I can get away from not being able to see, feel, or hear. And hear. See, the hearing would be tip. Hearing might be the one I'd have to go. But now that I've lived with no taste for for two years and understand that I can only get generalizations and not specifics. Yeah. I could. I've adjusted to that. So you've almost already done this, is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, I think I, I would have to go with taste for me personally because I've the the first six months were brutal, agonizing. Yeah. But just, now that I. Yeah, you do lose a lot though with missing taste because there are certain things that you you you, you eat and you're expecting to have the reaction 
from when you were a kid that brings back memories that just don't happen anymore. See, and that's the problem. <laughs> I just and that's the thing. I love you know, I obviously love food and, you know, I like my cigars and just everything else that and it all involves taste so much. And I just I don't know if I could give up willingly give up. I think if if gun to my head, if I had to pick one, um, you know, hearing would probably be where I would go because, you know, look, the, the it would it would the the hurdles to climb after that would be difficult because, you know, realistically, I'd have to learn sign language. I'd have to learn, you know, be better at reading lips and whatever else. But, uh, you know, I just uh, I just don't know if I could. I don't know if I could give up, you know, touch. I'm not going to give up. I don't think I could. I'm, I don't want to give up sight and right. and taste. I just taste. I just I, it would take away the joy of. Of like you're talking about cigars and and food and everything else, I just don't know if I could do that. I yeah, I've got with the taste, I get certain nuances that I can work with now because I've done it for a while. Yeah, um, cigars were the prime example. I lost all my be my ability to say, okay, this is a cinnamon that I'm tasting in this one. I'm I'm tasting some nutmeg. I'm tasting raisin is one of the flavors I got back. I don't know raisin fig and some berries. So that helps me out with some of the taste. But I also now I understand I have to rely on the, the sensations on my tongue yeah. to be able to go with flavors. One of the things that I've done very well and adapting is with my clientele is being able to say, you like this cigar. This one you'll like just as much because of the same flavor profiles. I can't tell you what those flavor tastes are, but I can say by the profile, the way it affects my tongue is very similar to this. one. Okay. Okay. So once you figure that out and understand it, it becomes very easy to live with because you just have to be a little more cognizant of what you're doing. Yeah. But I don't think I could live without hearing because so much of our life is of, of a retailer's life is paying attention. True. And in my hospitality background, I don't have to be part of a conversation, but if I'm sitting with one of my members and we're talking and I've got a, another person in the shop and I say, I hear them say, I need a beer. I, I get up and get that beer, and they don't understand how I knew that. Well, yeah, just because I heard it from across the room, all over the place. Right. Yeah, the 360 degree awareness for me is, I think, more important than that. The taste that I'm losing for myself. Yeah, my whole life has been giving to others, so I would much rather have my sight, hearing, and touch, so I can help others rather than concentrate on myself. No, that's a that's an interesting perspective, and I, I guess it does depend upon you know what you're using them for. I mean, I would obviously hate losing hearing for. You know, a variety of reasons, not the least of which is, you know, music and everything right here. else. I mean, yeah. It, 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 Look at yourself right now. This conversation, you'd have to be reading everything, translated, yeah. or I would have to be sitting specifically in a spot in front of a camera so you can read my lips. Yeah, and I don't know how well that would actually go over, to be Translate. honest. Translate, correct. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it'd be difficult. Especially, I, ex especially with the people you, you, you interview, you, you, you communicate with a lot of the people down in Nicaragua, Honduras, and yes. they all have accents. Yes. Doing that would be very difficult. Very difficult. Very difficult indeed. Well, interesting. Definitely food for thought. So, yeah. all right. I'm going to have to, I'll have to go with taste then if we're going to lose one. All right. There we go. The One Must Go segment was brought to you by United Cigars. United we smoke. Okay. And so this is the point in the show where I need to switch buttons on my board. So for those of you listening on the audio side, uh, we're going to go video only for a segment, and uh, you can check that out on YouTube, and we'll be right back on the audio side to continue the show. 
And we are back on the audio side here. So now let's go ahead and jump into, you know what, before we do that, let's go ahead and jump into the uh, the Villiger Entertainment segment. And that's brought to you by Villiger Cigars. Um, you know, Villiger Cigars, uh, Ken knows all about them. They're fantastic. I, I do. I've had the product in my shop for since day one, since before I worked here, we've had them and I've had a great relationship with my rep and everything. So and then getting to meet Renee after he did the interview with you, once he became a sponsor, was just the icing on the cake. Because I do watch the show quite. I've listened to every episode. I think um, three back, unfortunately, because on this trip I was planning to listen to the last three, and the flight just did. It was just too loud. There was too many kids, and I just couldn't enjoy it. So I just turned it off and put on some white noise and tried to sleep. <laughs> ah, that's all I ever do on the plane is sleep, but. Uh... But, yeah, but, guys, you know, if you're in the Palm Coast area, swing on by Ken's place and check out the Villager Cigars. And if you're not in the Palm Coast area, head on over to Villager Cigars' website. They have a great store locator on there. You can find out stores near you that have Villager Cigars. And we were just talking uh, earlier about the 1888 and some of the other great lines that they have in their uh, portfolio. You're going to want to check them out. They're fantastic cigars. Definitely. And if you're a first timer or just a beginner, one of the best cigars you can try is the Villager Creme, K-R-E-M-E. Excellent, excellent smoke. Just as the, the, the label says, it's got a nice, smooth, silky finish. So it's a very easy, great starting cigar. But once you start smoking it, it's a great one to continue with because it's such a great cigar that it has a vast area of flavor profiles. That's, so, the, that's the Connecticut one, correct? Correct, and yeah. the Black Forest is the Madura. Mm-hmm. We smoked that on the show yep. the last time that you were on. Yeah, fantastic. Yep. So um, this is the point when we talk about you know entertainment that we've been consuming uh, and uh, everything. So what have you been watching? What kind of entertainment have you been, have, have you been able to consume? Any entertainment? You've been so busy here lately. The I, I don't get much time in front of a TV, but when I the last few things I've watched, I just watched John Wick 4. Okay. Probably, I think it was the night before I headed out. And wow, um, I truly liked the first three. The fourth one was a roller coaster, though. It was a great show. I think I missed the ending because I think I may have fallen asleep. So I actually have to go back and watch the last like eight minutes of the show. Yeah. Because uh, from my memory, as it looked like he died, I won't say anything. Yeah, so I, was I don't want to give it away. <laughs> no spoiler. I apologize. I'll be honest. But, I've only seen the first one. I have. It's always been one of those ones. I really liked the first one. And it's not that I've like avoided the others. It's just they've come out. I've been busy. And next thing you know, they're out of the theaters. And now they're on this and that. And I just yeah. one of these weekends, I need to sit down and just marathon all through all four of them and just, you know, do it. Because I did enjoy the first one a lot. It, it was a fun roller coaster, a little more far fetched than some of the other ones. There were some scenes that you're just like, whoa, dude, hold on. <laughs> Real, reality has to come into play at some point, but a fun, entertaining done well so i'm interested to see what happens next okay so i've got to go back and finish that i've watched a few series um i kind of into sci-fi not into um shadow and bone i just watched the last season i've watched um i've i'm into yellowstone so i'm waiting for i think that's getting released here shortly okay. so i'm looking forward to the last of that um i saw guardians of the galaxy 4 I haven't seen that one yet either. No, I, that was pretty good. I've been behind on the uh, on the Marvel movies, although I have been watching that new show, uh, Secret Invasion, that they put out on Disney Plus, the one with uh, Samuel L. Jackson and the Skrulls. 
So I, I, I literally watched the first 10 minutes of that and fell asleep because I did it right. Uh, it was, I couldn't sleep one night and it's, I put it on and I, it's a slower one. It's, it's, what's kind of cool is that it is more of like a, almost like a spy thriller. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, uh, it's, it's not your average, like just superhero fare, but, um, at least not so far, but you know, it, it, it is, I can see where if you're tired, it's probably not the best show to like jump into and, at that moment. And everyone says that first few minutes is tough. So I, I I've got to give it a better chance. I'm not saying that it was a bad show because I fell asleep. It just, I was just at the wrong, it was just timing. I've watched but, the first three. There's the, the, the newest one just dropped, I think yesterday. And I haven't watched that yet. Now I am uh, caught up on, uh, the Righteous Gemstones. I did. Uh, I, I think I talked about that the other day, but um, I did catch up on that. And uh, I don't know if you've watched that at all, but man, that show I have is not. freaking great. And really? uh, I got my, what's it on? It's on HBO. And uh, okay. it's uh, got John Goodman and he plays a uh, like a TV evangelist kind of mega church preacher. And, um, you know, he's got his kids and uh, Danny McBride is one of his kids. And then. You know, the guy from Workaholics, and then there's a gal that I don't know her name, and they're just horrible children, and they're, you know, they're taking over the church and this and that and whatever. So you've got all of the shenanigans that they get into, and it's it's a really good comedy, drama, you know, spoof on, on you know, organized uh, – how do I put this? I don't want to say organized religion because it's more like the consumer side of religion. Um, but uh, yeah, but it, uh, Walton Goggins is in it, and uh, okay. Walton Goggins—he's one of those guys. I don't, you know, listeners. I don't know if you recognize the name. Trust me, you will recognize the face if you Google him. He's been in a ton of stuff. He was in The Shield. He was in Justified. Uh, he's been in all <laughs> kinds of stuff. He plays Two of my favorite shows, dude. He plays Baby Billy who's uh, John Goodman's brother-in-law. And Baby Billy is the pinnacle of just snake oil salesman, um, just, you know, preacher guys, man. He's the, like, I give it, I'm bringing you the good word of the Lord. You know, he's got the gray <laughs> hair and everything. And he's just a slime bag, and I love him so much. Um, so, yeah, I've been watching that. and I also had I, – I, I started Tulsa Kings. Oh, I haven't watched that yet, but I heard it's oh, great. I am on episode three, and that is doing really well. And then I also watched Schwarzenegger's Fubar, and okay. that I loved. That was really good. Now that's the one with uh, it's him and his daughter, and they're both working yep. with the CIA, but they don't. And know they, it. but they don't know they have been for the last several years oh. and everything. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Excellent that, show. I need to check that one out too. That one. That's <coughs> Netflix, right? Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah, but that, I finished that one, and I'm only on episode three of uh, uh, Tulsa Kings. Okay, okay, interesting. So, but yeah, fun shows. Uh, they they go by real quick. Watching Stallone and Tulsa Kings though is just like wow, <laughs> it's, um, it's pretty interesting. Now on the podcast side, I did complete uh, listening to the 13 episodes of. Uh, you have a, you have somebody visiting. Uh, my, apparently my back door is locked. So one of my members, Don, is at letting in James. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> um, anyway, um, I, uh, I did, uh, there's a podcast I've been listening to, uh, 13 episodes of it. It's called who shat on the floor of my wedding. And oh. it's, it's a takeoff of a true crime podcast. 
So the long and short of it is the crime is that somebody decided to uh, to poop on the floor of uh, of a wedding. And so throughout the 13 episodes, they're doing an investigation where they're reaching out to the guests and talking to them about, you know, who defecated on the floor of the women's room at this <laughs> wedding. And I'll tell you, it sounds ridiculous, but you get so like hung up on it because there's this guy Hank who was hanging out in the women's room for four hours, just like chilling out by the basins, talking to people as they came in. And like, apparently the ladies had no issue with it because you know, he was there and you know, somebody was bringing him food and drinks and he was, you know, eating appetizers and drinking booze while hanging out in the ladies room and everything else. And his explanation was, well, when you're at a party, typically I hang out in the kitchen but I couldn't hang out in the kitchen here because it was a commercial kitchen. So the next place, best place for me to hang out and be social was apparently the ladies' bathroom. So, you know, whatever. And uh, it just it went all over the place. But I did enjoy who shat on the floor of my wedding. Um, and then I just finished listening to another podcast. It was 10 episodes, I believe, called The Freeway Phantom. And that was all about a case in Washington, D.C. in the early 70s where these young um, black girls were being abducted and killed and dumped on the side of the highway. And it's I listened of, to a podcast. It's called. Uh, yeah. The Serial Killer Podcast. Okay. And that was that was one of the stories in the Serial Killer Podcast. Well, And yeah. And it's interesting because it's one of those serial killers that kind of got forgotten by history yeah. because it was before many of the big serial killers were doing their thing. They weren't mm -hmm. even called serial killers in the early 70s. And then due to the fact that in Washington, D.C., you had all the Vietnam protests and you had everything else going on, the media coverage of these murders really wasn't all that great. And so, um, you know, it's one of those cases where, unfortunately, it, was, it wasn't solved and these poor girls just never really got the justice that, you know, they deserved. And it was, it, but it was interesting to listen to that too. So, yeah, the, I, I, I was, I've listened to the whole line of the serial killer podcast. It was when I was younger, I was very fascinated by serial killers growing up in Los Angeles and yeah. things like that. Oh, we had yeah. quite a few in our area, California, so. man, you had a yeah. lot of them back in the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but it was very interesting. And if you're interested in that kind of stuff, there are only two episodes, there's two episodes per conversation okay. or per topic and they're about an hour and 40 minutes and maybe right at two hours each okay um and unbelievable how many haven't been solved and the ones that are solved they give you some more information and some background that you just didn't get over the news and things like that so it's pretty interesting a lot of them took place back in the early 1900s all the way through to modern to jeffrey dahmer and things like that so it's been pretty cool yeah it's if you find, want to find one, that would be a, one that I would recommend that was pretty good. Um, there was one called Monster, and the second season of it was all about the Zodiac Killer, and that was done uh. really, really well. Um, I like it when they bring in um, snippets of audio from, from newscasts and interviews with other people and really mm -hmm. mix up the audio, really produce it well. It's not just somebody just sitting there and just – because I've listened to some of these true crime things where it's like two people just sitting there and one person's just telling the other person the story about it and everything like that. And before, you know, it's just them just telling you, and did you know this and blah, 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 blah. And, and I like it to be really well produced. So uh, when I find those, I really like it. Uh, there was one about Steve McNair, the quarterback, and his uh, his murder 
that was yeah. really really well done as well and uh i don't remember if if you guys are interested just google steve mcnair murder podcast i'm sure you'll find it um but that one was done really really well as well so yeah I, i've been getting i used to drive a lot in the car for work and i spent a lot of time listening to podcasts just had a blast with them great way to just to get take your mind off of everything else and just dive into something that you haven't been into it before so for sure i think that's a great idea for sure well why don't we now go ahead and jump into this Guess what, motherfucker? It's time for three cigars we smoked and enjoyed this week. And, uh, boy, I always love doing that drop when I have, like, a manufacturer or somebody on that maybe doesn't listen to me regularly because they, <laughs> they hear that and they're just like, whoa, what the hell kind of show am I on? But uh, anyway, so, yeah, um, why don't we now go ahead and talk about three cigars we smoked and enjoyed this week. And I'm sure you have got a lot of options to pick from. I smoked a lot of cigars this week, I so this is going to so. be <laughs> this is going to be a little more challenging because there were some fantastic ones. Well, um, do you want to go first or shall I? Are we doing this in no specific order or are no, we going to go No specific order. It's just oh. it's three cigars you smoked and enjoyed this week. It's not like one of them is the top cigar or anything like that. Okay. Perfect. I just wanted to make sure which way we were playing it. Yep. Um I'm going to go with the El Septimo. Um, da Vinci is one of my top three. Okay. Um, it's a little more full-bodied cigar than I typically have, but what an amazing smoke. Um, just an abundance, even with someone with a lack of taste like I do. The, the sensation that I got was truly amazing. The, the, the smoke production, the, the quality of the world, the, the Vitola itself was just a unique look. It's a, it's a torpedo on both ends, for lack of a better word. Okay. Um, but it was... It was a just a great, great smoke. Very good. So, um, my first one is the uh, Placencia Alma de Campo. Uh, that uh, would be the uh, the kind of gray and white band uh, Placencia cigar, and uh, I picked that up while I was out at uh, the Office Cigar Lounge in St. Robert, Missouri. And uh, I mean, you know, look, Placencia that that's another brand where. Uh, fantastic. you know, it's, it's a fantastic smoke price point on it tends to be on the higher side for me, typically in the like $20 range and above. Uh, so I don't smoke them on the regular, but every once in a while I see them and I'm just like, you know what, I'm going to splurge and I'm going to do that. And I picked up that cigar and, uh, I enjoyed that the other day out on, uh, the patio and it was a fantastic smoke. I really did dig it. One of my favorites, uh, my second one would, if I had to pick, would be one of my truly favorite cigars is the Bandolero. Oh, okay. The, the Series T. Yes. What an amazing cigar. The Just the flavor, the, the again, construction, flavor, everything is just so nice that you, I, you can sit down no matter where I am. I, I know it's going to be a great smoke, and I just always look forward to having one of those. Okay. Um, my second one. I fired up um, this past weekend uh, after my kiddo went to bed. I was able to steal a little bit of patio time and enjoy a uh, La Flor Dominicana uh, Andalusian Bull that I found oh. in the bottom of my humidor. Didn't even know I had it. Was digging around in the humidor, found it, and I was like, now how did you escape me? So I uh, <laughs> sat and enjoyed about, I mean, that was a long smoke. I probably got mm. nearly two hours out of that guy. And uh, I... Fantastic. I stockpiled that one. 
Yeah. <laughs> I have, I think, I, I think I've got 10 of those in my humidor right now that I just, <laughs> every, anywhere I can find them, I buy at least two. I'll smoke one and I'll put either one, depending on how many they'll let you buy because it's usually two per person. Yeah. But that's the one I, I, I absolutely love that cigar. You'll have um, to find, not, I'm, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, but I'm not putting that in mind because I haven't smoked one of those for about a month or so. I get that. That's one of those ones. So. You'll have to, uh, you'll have to figure out who bought the, uh, there was that NFT that uh, LaFleur Dominicana did for that Golden Bull or whatever it was. It was a special version okay. of the Andalusian Bull. And, I heard uh, of it. I've never had it. And, well, and that's the thing. Only I think like a handful of shops uh, bought the NFT because it went for a, a pretty penny. And when they bought the NFT, that gave them the ability to, to get that cigar. So it was limited just essentially to those retailers. And... Okay. Um, uh, yeah, I don't remember who they were, but uh, you can track those down and you can theoretically get yourself one of those special golden bulls at some point. I'm going to have to find one now that you brought that up. There you go. Um, so what's your what's your uh, third one there? My third one? That's a good question. To put it more with what I've tasted. Um, I'm actually going to have to go with the Jake White that I smoked. Okay. It was Fanta the Monarch. It was fantastic. It's a Dominican. I don't smoke a lot of Dominicans. But man, was that a great smoke! The one I'm looking forward to from them is the the appendix and the fourth uh, the fourth dimension, a totally unique fig, uh, Figaro. You'd actually have to pull it up because it it's got a loose foot on one end uh, that's just twisted. Yeah. The other end has that pigtail, but it goes from very narrow to very thick on one end. Okay. And it's multi. It's, it's got a double wrapper, so it one is a Maduro Connecticut and one's a Maduro Habana. That is one of the things that Jake Wyatt does that I've noticed a lot is they have very artistic looking cigars because they have a lot of design very. on the wrappers. Yes. Um, That's one of the things that drew me to them. So yeah. no, they're, they're fancy looking cigars. I like that. So, and their price points are excellent for their quality. So I, that's one of the reasons I liked it too, because they're right in that 12 to $18 price range. Yeah. And it's, it's just a, for a beautiful, great smoke. It's a great cigar. There you go. Uh, my final one is one that I smoked the other night. It was uh, just a little Robusto. Uh, it was also something that I dug out in the bottom of my humidor that I didn't realize I had, but I had the Monte Cristo Nicaragua series, and uh, that was one that I think they did with uh, A.J. Fernandez based off the uh, the little label there. And, uh, you know, um, it, was a f it was a good cigar. It had a nice little bit of punch to it and uh, smoked wonderfully. I mean, it, it was a it, – like I said, I just needed a little short smoke, and the Robusto there was perfect for that. And it did, I mean, it worked great. I really enjoyed it. So, Monte Cristo Nicaragua series. Nice smoke. There you go. Nice smokes. Well, why don't we now go ahead and hear a little bit about my monthly cigars? This would normally be the time that I give some information about my monthly cigars, but I've hired that out this week. So, take it away. My Monthly Cigars is a premium cigar subscription service. It comes in a variety of different size boxes at affordable prices. Use offer code PULPIT and get free shipping on your first box and 20% off any items in the online store at MyMonthlyCigars.com. That's offer code PULPIT. Thanks! So, um... 
yeah, while you're over there at MyMonthlyCigars.com, make sure you try the fucking good coffee. He's got the lounge blend. He's got the uh, the pulpit uh, daily press. All kinds of great cigars or, or um, coffees over there, as well as cigars at <laughs> MyMonthlyCigars.com. Um, anyway, so uh, the Didier Jill collection. Um, I just Googled that just to, uh, you know, get a little bit more information. Oh, I got to confirm that I'm 21. Um <laughs> And, uh, come on, onward. There we go. Um, fantastic cigar. Um, in, like you said, coming from Esteli, Nicaragua. Uh, I mean, it was just, I, I, I finished mine. I got down to the, the little, you know, the absolute end there, did a little last minute retro hail there, still that pepper and spice to it. Um, but, uh, it's not overpowering. It's not something that's going to bowl you over and, and slit your throat. But it had a lot of good flavor, uh, both in the smoking experience and the actual and the retro hail. Um, but I, I I can't say enough good things about you know the construction of it and everything. I mean, smoke output was fantastic. I mean, it was it was really great. Um, so that was a six by sixty. Um, yeah. Does it come? It doesn't look like it. That's it. It no, only comes all, in one size. All their lines are only one size. Really? Yeah. Interesting. And it's interesting and that they would go with a with a Gordo for that size. They're beautiful packaging. Give me one second. I'm going to show you just one of their boxes, but okay. their packaging is, is second to none. So hold on one second. All right. No problem at all. While uh, he's grabbing that, we can go ahead and touch on the uh, the socials here. I'm available at The Cigar Pulpit as well as on Facebook. Uh, or on Instagram. And then on Facebook, I have the Cigar Pulpit Parishioners Group where you can join in on that fun and promote what cigars you've been smoking. We're on Twitter where I don't really do much of anything. YouTube where you can watch this. And guys, I do need your calls for the Ask the Boys segment. That's going to be coming up at the end of the month. Area code 863-874-0000. So, but uh, just to show you that some of the quality that goes behind this packaging. Yeah. This, this is their package. Okay. It's a linen top that has the name on it. And then on the front, it has what the brand is, uh, the, the line that it is, and yeah. all the measurements. Then you flip it open. Ah, and there's another. And it's a package within a package. Yeah. So, um, it's a nice looking box there. That's just the lid. And then. Whoops. <laughs> then there's that. There's what? another lid that sits on top of this, and then the cigars are sitting inside the cabinet. So okay. it's done extremely well. It is a very hard product to find. I believe they're only in 100 shops across America right now. Really? Okay. So, yeah, and he's trying to keep it small. So, and um, at one point, what I'd love to do is, if I can, I'd love to get see if I can get him on this with you. Yeah, that'd be great. So we could. Uh... He's going to be... Supposed to be in the shop here next week or the week after, so I'll see if he'd be willing to do this with you. That'd be great. I would love that. So, I would absolutely love that. Um, so where can uh, folks find out more about Ash and Ale and you? Well, <laughs> right now my website is under design, and that should be up hopefully within the next two weeks. And when that happens, I will send it to Nick so he can put that out. But I'm on Facebook at Ash and Ale Lounge Palm Coast and Ash and Ale or you can look at the previous name, the humidor on Facebook and it'll forward you to my page. Okay. Um, other than that, I'm on Instagram at Ash and Ale. Uh, and then I don't do Twitter at all. 
So I rely mainly on my daughter who works in the shop to take care of all of my marketing. I am not a social media person. There you go. So I've got my daughter and my wife and things who take care of all of that. So they are very getting it tried up and running right now. So there you go. Got to have a team, man. You got to have a team. Yep. So that's how it works. That's exactly it. Well, Ken, I really did appreciate the cigar. I appreciate the conversation, and I'm glad you had a great time at PCA. Uh, it was fantastic, and I appreciate you inviting me on to do this again with you. Thank oh, you. This has been great. Uh, and then for those uh, who are in the Palm Coast area, um, I don't know, uh, you know, if you want to tease an event, you know, a couple months from now, but uh, mid-October, mid you know. Yep. What you do you want to go ahead and do it? I'll let you take it away. So October 18th, <laughs> correct? Yes. Yeah. October 18th, you're going to have Mickey Pegg from uh, All Saints Cigars at uh, Ash and Ale. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's about 95% there. Just got to align a few more stars, but uh, I don't see why it can't happen. Uh, I'll be uh, making the trip down there and partying with you and Mickey Pegg in, uh, in Palm Coast. Sounds good. We're going to look forward to it, and I'm going to – We'll take you out and show you a few other lounges as well. And I'll bring you down to Karen Burger store Perfect. and introduce you to those folks. Love it. And things like that. So we'll we'll get you a good we'll get you a good few days. Love it. Love it. Looking forward to it. And it'll definitely be great to uh get into some nicer weather in mid October because uh <laughs> you know St. Louis can be touch and go by mid October. So uh it'd be yep. nice to uh Get down to uh, sunny Florida at that time of year. So for those of you in the area, put that on your calendar, October the 18th at uh, Ash and Ale in Palm Coast, Florida. So Looking forward to it. It'll be great. Well, Ken, I will let you get on with your day, but thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to uh, come on and talk to me about PCA. I know you, know you just got back from the show yesterday. It's been kind of go, 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 rush, 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 but uh, I do appreciate it. I appreciate the offer. Thank you very much. I had a great time. Thank you. Guys, this has been another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm Nick. I'm Ken. Everybody stay safe and stay smoky. Have a great day, guys. are really irritating me I, i'm gonna have oh. to do a little hunting here in a second so <laughs> anyway did you get my last text uh have i gotten a text oh there it is and yes you're right <laughs> we should we need to do that <laughs> we will we, i will do my level best it's uh i will do my level best so well ken thanks so much I appreciate it, Nick. Thank you very much. I mean, I don't know how you smoked that cigar so fast. I must have been doing way too much talking. It's okay. I was, you know, it's one of those things. You were talking, I was smoking. It works out. <laughs> so. I appreciate it, man. Have a great day. You too. <laughs>